0: This is the Capital Literature Podcast, bringing you investment letters and audio. The Capital Literature Podcast is a SEBITS capital service for the investment community. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. All rights belong to the respective owners. Upslope Capital Management, Second Quarter, 2021 July 19, 2021 Dear Fellow Investors, Upslope's objective is to deliver attractive, equity-like returns with significantly reduced market risk and low correlation versus traditional equity strategies. After a challenging Q1, Upslope's absolute performance in Q2 was solid. While I'm excited about our longs, the outlook today for a thoughtfully executed short-selling strategy with effective risk management appears as good as it's been in over two decades market conditions, that Tyson zone. It's difficult to catalog all the market absurdities in Q2, I won't try. It started on a reasonable note, as many of the most speculative stocks began their return to earth through mid-May. Shortly thereafter, however, things went off the rails, again. A quote from sports blogger turned day trader Dave Portnoy neatly and accidentally summed it up best, it's early. If it is a Ponzi, get in on the ground floor the attitude of being in on it is not isolated to Portnoy or the crypto markets to which he was unjokingly referring. Examples of this attitude are plentiful, especially when it comes to SPACs, heavily shorted stocks, and small caps touted on social media. I have a lot to say about our portfolio, so I won't beat the market outlook horse dead. Markets are frothy and will continue to be so until they're not. One mistake I made during a fast-moving 2020, post-March, was being overly patient and not demanding enough of Upslope's long portfolio while keeping turnover in check remains an important and worthwhile goal, I am trying to be more conscientious of when elevated activity may be warranted. Year-to-date, more has been warranted. In Q2 we exited two longs, market access and sub-C7, and added long positions in Investnet, ENV, and a European healthcare business, to be discussed at a later date, as the position is material but not yet full. I also made changes to our SPAC portfolio, which, including both shorts and longs, could effectively be considered another investment category, in the spirit of Upslope's core versus tactical long categories, on its own, for now. Once again, I believe prospects for upslope strategy have improved on both a relative and absolute basis versus 90 days ago. Similar to last quarter, I added materially to my own Upslope account for the now second time since inception of the strategy almost 5 years ago. Portfolio Positioning At quarter end, gross and net exposures were 129% and 67%, respectively. Beta-adjusted net was lower, 57%, due to the defensive nature of the portfolio, relatively lower beta longs. Overall, positioning reflects a significant number of perceived opportunities on both the long and short sides of the portfolio. Gross exposure was elevated above our typical 100-125% to 125% range owing mostly to a large position in a pre-transaction SPAC trading near NAV, effectively limiting downside. Portfolio Updates The largest contributors to and detractors from quarterly performance are noted below. Gross contribution to overall portfolio return is noted in parentheses. Table The table shows the top contributors and the top detractors. Top Contributors long oboe plus 400 basis points long diploma plus 155 basis points long royal dsm plus 110 basis points long's total contribution plus 445 basis points top detractors long bright horizons minus 120 basis points long slash short market access minus 50 basis points short undisclosed Minus 60 basis points. Short's total contribution, minus 125 basis points. End of table. Market Access, NKTX, dash exited long and initiated short. Market Access is the leading platform for the electronic trading of fixed-income securities, mostly corporate high-grade, high-yield, eurobonds, emerging markets bonds. The stock has been a core long of upslope strategy since day one, nearly five years ago. Over time, the position became increasingly challenging to manage, fundamentals remained attractive, but valuation got out of hand, at one point shares traded for almost 75x earnings. MKTX is a fantastic business, but not a hyper-growth company, mid-teens percent revenue growth is how I'd characterize it. I am not well suited to sit tight when valuation becomes that extreme. Nonetheless, so long as long-term fundamentals remain solid, I did my best over the years to sit tight. Unfortunately, Fundamentals began to shift late last year. Historically, the primary data point that investors truly cared about was market share gains. For years, MKTX took share of overall bond trading volumes, often in a manner that felt unopposed. So long as MKTX was quickly adding share, investors could feel confident that the electronic market wasn't saturated and competition wasn't encroaching on MKTX's profit pool. The Shift YTD has two components, one more worrisome than the other. First, MKTX faces tough comps due to market share having accelerated sharply in 2020, no big deal as far as I'm concerned, beyond shorter-term implications for the stock. The second, more troubling issue is that while MKTX has shown clear signs of deceleration in share gains year-to-date, its primary, but smaller competitor, TradeWeb, TW, has shown a sharp acceleration in share gains. As shown in the charts below, TW has captured a rising amount of incremental share from MKTX for about one year now. This is not the first time MKTX has ceded incremental share gains to TW over a multi month period, the second half of 2019 saw a similar shift. What makes it different this time is that TW now has a serious base of market share in MKTX's core products, for example high grade bonds, and is a genuinely formidable competitor. As of June, TradeWeb's share of high grade volume sat at an all time high. Nearly double where it was a year ago. Today, TW share also represents tilde 60% of MKTX's versus tilde 37% during the late 2019 shift. MKTX's share lead in high grade versus TW is at an all time low. Advances in high yield trading for TW follow a similar trajectory. Graph The graph shows the falling incremental market share captured by MKTX Vales in percent from January 2018 to May 2021. End of graph. Graph. The graph shows that TW is a much more serious contender today versus the late 2019 catch-up period from January 2018 to May 2021. End of graph. Compounding the incremental share concerns is the backdrop against which this has occurred. Two key points here. First, NKTX has long appeared to charge, on an apples-to-apples product basis, a significant premium to what TW charges for credit trades. This suggests potential disappointment on not just volumes, but also pricing ahead, as it's a defensive lever MKTX can pull. Indeed, Q2 pricing, which MKTX reported in early July, disappointed and declined both sequentially and year-over-year. Second, for a number of years market observers worried MKTX could lose ground to TW due to its lack of treasury-slash-hedging capabilities. In late 2019, MKTX moved to address the issue by making its largest ever acquisition and buying liquidity edge. That trade web has gained so much ground against market access 20 months after the deal closed suggests potentially deeper innovation issues. While recent trends could revert, alarm bells should be ringing loudly for MKTX shareholders, especially with the stock trading for almost 60x earnings. Given the above observations, Upslope not only exited the last of our long position in MKTX, but initiated a short. I admire the company and management, but the combination of falling short term estimates, material risk of a sustained increase in competitive pressures, and related deceleration in long term growth, and extreme valuation makes for a compelling, straightforward short thesis, in my view. Sub C7, sub.no, exited long. Sub C7 is a Norway based offshore energy services provider, whose shares upslope first purchased in early 2020. The company executed well in the face of a challenging environment. However, shares have relatively underperformed on virtually all-time horizons, especially frustrating considering the rally in the energy sector post-COVID. As a result, my patience has worn out and we exited the position. SPAC Plus Basket Update The core of Upslope SPAC Plus Short Basket remains roughly the same as a quarter ago. On the long side, however, I did swap out one of our positions, exiting GRSV and adding TCVA. GRSV is the soon-to-be owner of Arda's beverage can business. Given the state of the beverage can market, rapidly increasing supply, and the nature of the business and position, partially intended as a long hedge for our SPAC shorts, I concluded better risk-reward and portfolio fit could be found elsewhere. Enter TCVA, which is a pre-transaction SPAC sponsored by the well-regarded technology crossover ventures, TCV. This is TCV's first SPAC, which I believe provides some incremental incentive to get it right and execute a transaction with an attractive target at a reasonable price. Trading right around NAV, TCVA has limited functional downside and strong optionality in the event TCV can source and execute a value-added transaction. Finally, as previously noted, our gross exposure is elevated above historic norms due largely to the addition of our SPAC longs, TCVA in particular. I do not wish to change our conservative gross exposure target range of 100-125%, to 125%. that is the level of risk at which I am most comfortable, and it forces a certain amount of focus for the portfolio. However, given the conservative starting point, 100-125% gross, and the nature of our SPAC longs, effectively limited downside and straightforward analysis, I believe it makes sense to layer on the additional exposure. Upside may prove negligible and the exercise may turn out to be a waste of time. But, the cost of the added exposure, measured in both downside risk and research time, is relatively de minimis. Investnet, enV-new Long Investnet is a leading wealth management technology platform used by investment advisors, banks, and other, mostly financial, institutions. The company offers a comprehensive product suite, largely aimed at helping independent advisors manage their businesses more efficiently. Examples include technology that supports advisor marketing and communication, client onboarding, investing, trading and rebalancing, and financial planning, among many other offerings. ENV holds a top three market share in virtually all of their core products and is one of only a few that offers a comprehensive platform of scale. Despite an attractive underlying business model, long-term growth tailwinds, incredibly sticky products, ENV has faced challenges in recent years. Most notably, its 2015 acquisition of Yodli, a leading financial data aggregation and analytics platform, has disappointed, weighed on and distracted the company ever since. Tragically, the investnet's long-standing CEO, a co-founder, was also killed in a car crash in 2019. Today, ENV generally maintains its strong competitive position, but has seen shares underperform on 1, 2 and 3 year timeframes. Leadership, vision and recent execution are arguably lacking. It's easy to sympathize, current CEO Bill Crager was thrust into the role in late 2019 after the prior CEO's death, a 30-year colleague and friend of Crager's, and just prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. In early 2020 it appeared ENV might finally be moving to offload the yieldly distraction. But, with the onset of COVID shortly after the rumors, a transaction was never consummated. Over a year later, however, management has shown increasing openness to a sale. While noting the importance of Yodli's offering to ENV's vision, management has clearly stated all options are on the table. The CEO even recently pondered aloud about how ENV would engage and offer the ability for Yodli to continue to grow in other verticals with a potential partner, presumably a Yodli buyer. In my view, a Yodli sale, even without a blockbuster price tag, would remove the biggest distraction ENV has faced over the past 5 plus years and open a path to more consistent execution for ENV's fundamentally attractive core business. Aside from management commentary what else might point to a potential transaction soon? Perhaps the fact that after years of consistent, relentless insider selling, not unlike many tech-oriented businesses with heavy share-based comp, to be fair, selling has completely vanished for 7 months and counting, the longest route in company history. The most recent insider sales at the end of 2020 included some executed via 10 b 51 plans, automatic sales for executives based on predetermined formulas, or some of these programs canceled? Why? Also note that in late 2018 BlackRock made a strategic investment in InvestNet, validating the notion that ENV is comprised of a unique collection of valuable assets. Graph The graph shows the months between consecutive ENV insider sales from June 2011 to July 2021. End of graph. Closing thoughts. Just as everyday life has quickly normalized year to date, markets have simultaneously gone the opposite direction, becoming an increasingly bizarre spectacle. Fortunately, the unusual environment, unprecedented in my 17 year career at least, has already turned out to be a great environment for tweaking and experimenting with new investment approaches, largely on the short side. This has been a fruitful exercise, and I am excited to put these new tools to work. Ultimately, I believe this period will also prove to have been an excellent one for both short selling and disciplined stock picking. As always, I am extremely grateful for the trust you have placed in me to manage a portion of your hard-earned money. If you have any questions, would like to add to your account, or know someone that may be a good fit for upslope's atypical approach, please call or email anytime. Sincerely, George K. Levadas